It's Learning to Listen with Quinn, Naomi, and Charlie. All right, welcome to Learning to Listen, L2L podcast. I'm your host, Quinn. We got Charlie over there on the drops. You got a hot drop for me, Charlie? Fuck! Yeah, there you go. I'm going to be spamming that one this time. Nice. Naomi, <laughs> Naomi, how's it going, Naomi? Not bad. We need more hot drops, though. No more hot drops? No. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and of course, we've got a guest as always. Well, not as always. we we got a guest today. Uh, Mike Daniluk. We're going to be talking all about propagandis, uh, today's empires, tomorrow's ashes. So that's going to be hot, hot, hot. I can't wait. I love that I'm talking like a like a, like a a morning DJ right now. That's right. That's it. Where's the fuglehorn noise, Charlie? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Lean into it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. um yeah of course before we get into the album uh go to our patreon patreon.com slash learning to listen uh that's where we post episodes early that's where we've got you know the hot bonus content uh where we talk all about the cool stuff we didn't uh talk about anything today we had to skip the bonus stuff today but if we did have any bonus stuff today it would be like why the hell does Charlie think that Legend of Zelda Two is the best Legend of Zelda? That's just that's just my Zelda. That's it's if I'm the worst one. one. It's the ah, worst Zelda. I like it a lot. Is that the side scroller one? No, yeah, that's yeah, a, that's, that's the one I have for Nintendo Two. It is not the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say. I don't mean that it's the best one. It's just the one that I I am the most nostalgic for. All right, you get kind of hot talk like that. If you go to patreon.com slash learning to listen. Sometimes we talk for five minutes. Last time, I think we talked for like 40 minutes before we even started. Exactly. There's oh, all yeah. kinds of bonus content. To, if it's not on this one, it's we're, on another Were we one. talking about dinosaur sex novels? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dino erotica. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know what? So, Quinn, was, uh, Quinn was throwing down hot topics like penises and bums, penises and bums. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good job, Charlie. All right. Um <laughs> So, uh, like I said, patreon.com slash learning to listen, but this is not what we're talking about. Uh, you know, you're here to hear all the hot album talk. This isn't a biography show. We're not breaking down like, you know, uh, the life and times of your favorite artists. What we're here to do is check out the albums that, uh, you know, influenced us, the ones that we thought were important, the ones that, you know, like got the several spins and, and we dug into the, uh, into the lyrics and all that sort of stuff. So uh, that's why I had to bring my uh, our guest on today, Mike Daniluk. How's it going, Mike? Hey, not bad. Hey, yeah, man. Yeah, so we're going to talk all about propaganda today's empires, tomorrow's ashes. Uh, but before we do that, how are you doing, man? Oh, can't complain, you know, surviving. Yeah, just surviving. Yeah, 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 Ivan. Surviving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so... We like we go back. We go back all the way. I think we met in high school. Yeah, I was in tenth grade. Yeah, and I was a, a little. I think I was a little bit ahead of you, but we started playing music together through some mutual people, and we hit it off pretty quick because we, we like we just clicked kind of musically. Like we were. I remember hanging out and playing like music for each other. And there's probably more than a couple of records I can like off the top of my head think of the, either the first time I heard it was with you or like you know because of you. You know what I mean? Like. Totally. We were sharing like tons of music. There's yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah. of got from you like that too. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, are you, how much music are you playing right now? Um, I know the rhubarbs oh. have been kind of on a bit of a hiatus for a while. 
Yeah, the rhubarb's kind of shut down when our drummer moved to Ontario and a bunch of stuff happened. But uh, we actually, we were recording an album right before we broke up. And we might be revisiting that and retracking it soon for nice. something to do. And uh, musically, I never stopped being busy, though. I mean, I kept doing live sound and I'm in a doom metal band now. I've been uh, doing a bunch of experimental electronic stuff. I love and, that stuff, and, by the way. What is and it? I'm doom playing metal? Doom metal. It's like super slow and low and stoner. <laughs> Drop C-ish. Yeah. And beyond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like C standard. Yeah. As anti-melodic as possible. Whoa. And like 80 well, beats be per minute or lower. Like slow. 80's too fast. <laughs> 80's too fast, exactly. Music you would play the video game Doom to, maybe? maybe? Oh, you could. You could. Yeah. That Doom. The video game Doom definitely dooms. It would work. Yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. It's like stoner metal. If you were so stoned, you couldn't remember how to play metal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's all about like being really loud and low. Yeah depressing yeah just drone it out my buddy who got me into it he said it's the the death rattle of rock and roll it's all it's got left <laughs> wow uh it might be one of the last places you hear guitars these days um I, I see you, you you posting lots of like chiptune type stuff too and yeah i've been big time into doing like my side synth projects and oh man i love that stuff, stuff. And... that stuff sounds awesome I managed to acquire original hardware all over the place this year. So now I have a C64 and my Game Boy is MIDI capable. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, man, good thing you've been staying busy. You're, that's going to be like the thing when we're all out of this. You're just going to be ready to go with the live uh, chiptune set. Oh, yeah. Incorporate that into the Doom Metal. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, man? Why not? Oh, yeah. Totally already a plan. Oh, you could call it like Chip Doom. You know, and just like do do metal on the chip tune stuff. <laughs> just do Black Sabbath covers and chip tunes. There oh, you go. Right. <laughs> yeah, slow down to like inhumanly <laughs> able to process speeds. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, the album you chose was Propagandi's "Today's Empires, Tomorrow's Ashes." Now, I'll, yeah, man. I got uh, my booklet here and check it. If you can see behind me, I've got my vinyl got copy. Vinyl. Yeah. Um, this is, this is the CD copy I bought from free cloud in grade 11. Free cloud even dude. I it's think 12. I got my copy yeah. from future shop. If I, <laughs> yeah, no, I went right after school. Free cloud was the place. Isn't free cloud still open and future shop is closed. Yeah, sure that's is. right. That's right. Well, isn't that Look at something. that. The longevity shout out to free cloud. If you're in that's Edmonton right. and you want to do yeah. some real uh, vinyl digging, go see go rich. Yeah, go see Rich at, uh, uh, at Free Club. I don't know if they're letting people in the store yet, but they are doing delivery all over anywhere in the Edmonton area. So Yeah, they're getting yeah. a facelift. They post all the new inventory online. And apparently you can videos. you can get things shipped internationally, but you can't get them shipped locally. But I guess it's probably because he's just going to drop it off at your house anyway. So Yeah, he hand delivers them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or one of his lackeys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, I was going to say we should give a quick shout out to SNFU. Uh, cause you, you, you said that was a toss up between SNFU and, and this album. And I kind of nudged you towards this one. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to talk about this one. But with, uh, you know, the passing of Ken, uh, Chai pig just recently or whatever, uh, I didn't want to let the SNFU go without a mention. 
Um, I know Naomi, you just uh, interviewed on your other podcast, uh, Dope Nostalgia, uh, Biff Naked, and you guys talked all about about Ken and yeah, and she she shared her experiences with him and how much he was an influence in particular as a friend to her in her life and career. So that was cool. Yeah. And I don't think you can play punk rock, not just in Canada, but like Edmonton for sure, but like Canada in general, or even really worldwide without like, you know, there's definitely SNFU is, is, uh, is, you know, is an integral important part of that whole scene and movement, you know, legends. Funny. You should mention it crossover moment. I just yeah. saw uh, SNFU, they're releasing a uh, new EP of some stuff that they didn't release when they recorded uh, in the meantime and in between time. Mm-hmm. And Chris from Propagandy just tweeted about it because he's playing guitar on a couple of the tracks. Yeah, so. man, that's really cool. And uh, it, like the timing of all this is crazy, too, because this is also the 20th anniversary of when of this album of this album, when this album dropped. Oh, so, you guys are old. Yeah. Old balls. 40 is coming, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. right there. So, like I was saying before, uh, my if, if I'm correct, this album I remember, so you must have gone and got it at, at Free Cloud, and sometime right after that, I was at your place, like, hanging out at your parents' house, smoking dope in yeah. your bedroom in the basement, <laughs> and you were like, have you heard the new Propaganda album? Uh, and I was you- like, no, probably not. And you were like, Oh, dude, you got to hear it. And you put it on. And I remember it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. <Right>? Like, <laughs> I, I, and then I ran right out and bought it at Future Shop. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but uh, so anyway, when I approached you with this and, and you mentioned that this was one of the albums uh, that, uh, that you might want to do. I know it's a big nebulous, hard question to answer because there's a lot of music. There's a lot of artists. There's lots of stuff that influences you. But when I was like, if you have to pick one, what would it be? And you pick this one. Here's the question. Why this one? Uh, This album, well, it did end up on constant rotation for me for like years after. I mean, this, I had a Discman when I bought it and I, this thing barely left that Discman until I stopped using Discmans. (laughs) So (laughs) it was, uh, and it, yeah, style-wise, like, it just taught me a lot about they they were different. They did their own thing. It was, like, melodic but hard. It had all this cool syncopations and palm muting techniques for me to copy on guitar. And, and the fact that it was such a, like, shift for the band, because I was a fan of them, their previous albums, and this sounds nothing like their previous two albums. Like, you can kind of see the slight movement towards that and even in some of their really old demos when they were teenagers you could hear them trying to do what they did on this album they yeah, even like a little bit of like interview. dri but, style thrash yeah it has more of their like progressive metal elements i think they wanted to pursue for sure and lyrically it was just like amazing and mind-blowing and i mean every song is like a little essay they're not written like lyrics there's no no it's not verse chorus no it's like words it's uh that's yeah. what quinn was saying that something about the lyrics in this album are, are important to pay attention to yeah um yeah they're pretty good with the imagery and like and talking about really important stuff that you otherwise wouldn't know about and they mm. put little side notes after the song lyrics about extra information about it and 
yeah, one of the reasons I was excited to talk about this album particularly was because I'm like, this is kind of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about experiences with that you, that we kind of take for granted now of buying an album, like listening to it front to back, you know, and really getting invested in that album, you know, like really intentionally like pouring over the lyrics and listening to every word and finding out who the players are. Like this, uh, this album was one of those experiences for me for sure. Cause not only was it like when I listened to it at your place was, I was like, Whoa, what's going on here? A like, um, I, yeah, like you, I was already well aware of propaganda. I'm pretty sure I had a couple of fat records, like compilations that they were on. I had a copy of how to clean everything, you know, like I, 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 but I was used to them having a little bit more of this kind of like skate punk, you know, and kind of goofy, like even the way he sang, yeah. right? It's not like yeah. they weren't political or anything. They were always political, but like it was a little more tongue in cheek. That like the the vocals were very like high and nasally. I, it, it, it's weird to like look back now and think that that had more in common with something like Blink One Eighty Two than like like old propaganda has in common with itself now you know what i mean like yeah. musically <laughs> yeah i i know there's a lot of propaganda fans right now that if they're listening are like did you just compare propaganda to blink 182 well, it was but, more of like they were on no effects's label and they went with that sound they're it technically kind of still a, a i think still getting distribution with fat records so uh not that I, I'm not well, sure. but no. Here's the thing: in Canada, they started their own label specifically for yeah, this oh, album that's what it is, yeah. called G7 or G7 Welcome, Welcoming Committee is the, the whole name of the band. So yeah. obviously, right there, very political. <laughs> but for distribution for the rest of the world, I think they're still signed under Fat Records, which mm. is pretty interesting to me. Be because like at some point, they they really work really hard to kind of separate themselves from like you know, the goofy slapstick side of punk yeah. rock that is a lot of what Fat Records was and still is. Yeah. Yeah, that California. kind of said like, it. Uh, Chris called it the uh, frat boy equivalent of a punk rock label. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of fair, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that there aren't, like, good bands and that, that don't have, you know, uh, a lot of, like, politics and stuff, but... Um, but yeah, so yeah, anyway, I was going to ask you, uh, like, so yeah, how did you discover, like, was it the same way? Like you'd been already kind of in punk, into punk rock for a while. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was about a year of getting into it at that point. And, uh, propaganda was on like my first punk rock mixtape, a lot of songs from how to clean everything. And, you know, where they did have that no effectsy like upbeat sound, but then you have the song "Stick the Fucking Flag Up Your Goddamn Ass," you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and that yeah. showed their angry political side pretty well, right? <laughs> and uh, do you remember Ricky? Ricky, uh, he was like a super punk dude, kind of dressed like an old man. Oh yes, I do. Nose yes. piercing. Yeah, yes, he's yes, the one yes. who was responsible for that first punk mixtape I got. Yes, I remember because he, like, he had the su suspenders that he had a system. He was like, he's like, listen, if both suspenders are up, don't talk to me. If one suspender's <laughs> off, I'm feeling social today. You can come and talk to me. Yeah. If both suspenders are off, I'm super high. Give me your drugs. <laughs> and, and if anybody wants to see Ricky, you can look up the uh, Serve and Protect episode where they went to a punk show. 
<laughs> Eastwood Hall, yeah, yeah. Eastwood Hall, yeah. The server protect Canada's own version of cops, and they showed up at Eastwood Hall. And not only did he, of course, get into the camera and just start yeah. fucking going off and like getting these cops' face, but my favorite part is they eventually get a camera in the front door of the hall, and Lady Tabernacle is playing, and they flip the camera and the cops off. Yeah. Nice. The cameraman came in with the light on the camera, and then he was like, "Hey, I didn't give you permission to film this show. Turn that shit off." <laughs> Still ended up on the air somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you were saying Ricky's—he's the one who introduced you to uh, yeah. Propagandi. And he was saying they have this new album coming out. We were talking about it, and then I think it was the day it was released, and I asked him if he had it, and he said, "Oh yeah," and he said, "It's the punkest album ever made, ever." <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I went to Free Cloud that day and bought it. Uh, well, yeah, like, you got to hear the punkest album ever made. <laughs> I was like, I, I got to hear that. And, and I was like, you know, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, was it like on your radar or something you wanted to? Because it took them a long time to get this album out. They've been talking about it for. Yeah, like, it was on my radar. I mean, Let's Talk More Rock, the album before this, like my buddy bought it. My buddy Colin bought it and it was constantly playing in his car or we were getting high to it all the time. And yeah. so like and that album was slightly harder like i said than the how to clean everything album it had way less of that no effectsy nasaliness and the guy from the weaker thens was still in the band so it still had a few of those like little john k sampson it had, yeah john that's k. the one that has anchorless songs. on it which yeah became, anchorless is in there right <laughs> which became a weaker than song which is probably still more famous as a weaker than song yeah so there was that kind of like duality on that album they had songs where they like would get super thrashy and then they would get like all progressive jazz and it would bounce back and forth like that and then this album was just like a whole new style for them yeah this was a this was a completely different completely different thing yeah um it didn't sound like anything else that was happening at the time yeah so yeah naomi you were you were were talking about the lyrics and i'm guessing that you didn't read the lyrics no i did not (laughs) (laughs) did you manage to get anything though from when listening to it like could you kind of like no. Uh, understand the the message in some of the songs no i really failed on this mission <laughs> well <laughs> like i kind of get it because it's not like it, you just on a first listen you're going to pick everything up there's a lot of very loud screamy vocals mm-hmm. and it's not the most articulate um but that's why like it drives you to be like it sounds like he's talking about something important like the stuff you can suss out and that's when you go to the lyrics and yeah, man. Uh, I mean, okay. the freaking lyrics, they have uh, uh, references at the back, like a list of references. And, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's yeah. how deep it goes. <laughs> so, okay. So doing my research for this, because I remember at the time being impressed and like finding footnotes in the booklet itself, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah, there's footnotes and then there's a whole. Yeah. Then there's a glossary at the back of references, <laughs> uh, both analog. So books you can find uh, and then uh, digital so yeah, websites they call it bullshit detectors <laughs> exactly and i went and i was like i wonder how many of these websites are still active because this is 20 years ago and so uh out of however many there are here one two three four five six seven eight i think about five of them are still active in some capacity that's impressive that's yeah a pretty good pretty good amount yeah yeah uh, the east timor um uh action what is it uh alert network that one's no longer active. I'm hoping that's because uh, East Timor did get their independence from Indonesia. Actually, they did a year before this album came out. So, you know, but that first song is still relevant. <laughs> yeah. Well, the song was about the people 
in the yeah. fight. Right? Yeah, for sure. I think it specifically uh, references a specific woman some specific story i can't remember yeah i was uh, actually i was impressed with that because now this was not an album like i've, I've heard the album before uh oh. but never really paid too much attention to it uh lyric wise and so i went to go read the lyrics today and i just went to their website and they've got all the lyrics on their website like for for all this this whole album anyways and they had a story the whole story about that woman afterwards in yeah the, in there's the a little lyrics. blurb of it right here actually yeah yeah, and what my favorite thing was was that, okay, so there's already the footnotes in the lyrics here, and they've been updating the footnotes on their website. So they're updated to, like, current, oh, as current cool. can be. So I was, like, between the lyrics um, in the album, and then I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's no footnote on this one, but then I look on the online, and they've added a footnote. So they're, like, they're scholarly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> about their music they don't take this lightly this is important to them it, the message is important and that was like the thing about getting into these lyrics i was like you know it's uh obviously it's very political it's social conscious or whatever i'm like but man like i've never had so much fun doing social studies homework in my life could you imagine if everything you learned in social studies was put to like some thrash music or something <laughs> like how much more attention you would pay like like I learned, like not only did I learn a lot the first time I listened to this album, and I've listened to it many times since, but today just being like, oh, I should you know brush up, I learned even more. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like it's just the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, like, well, did you continue with all the albums after it? Yes and no. Because like it, I, I haven't stayed super loyal. I haven't been like gotta go get them like the day of. Well, but, I kept. Uh, I I had a huge gap in years, but then like I picked up the. Uh, album after and the album after and they all like kind of go on the same journey so it's almost like it's one big thing because i don't know they just keep progressing with that sound that they kind of came up with on this album but mm -hmm. they don't do the same thing twice and the songs are just like amazing mind-blowing yeah um yeah and i'm guessing that they're still just as uh you know um detailed and scholarly and in, in, in the like what the what the songs are about you know yeah absolutely um yeah um I, man uh what did like okay so hearing this like where you were playing music i was probably I, I, I know i was playing music with you at the time like what did it change about the way you thought about music like everything i thought about music was constantly changing at that time so so okay like when you hear this and you get excited about it and you know, like, <clears throat> is it is it one of those things? Like, like for me, it's like, oh, a band that was doing this now, this is also possible. You know, like, yeah, you know, like you that don't was have... a cool thing to see. Is like that it can change so much. You know, because a lot of bands, you buy their albums and you do get that same experience over and over and over and over and over again. Like ACDC, you know, you buy an <laughs> yeah. ACDC record, you know what you're in for before you heard the friggin' thing, right? Yep. <laughs> Yep. Especially as the time went on, it gets even more so. <laughs> and yeah, with that album, it was just like, it was so exciting to me to hear. Like the songs were exciting. The music was exciting. The lyrical content was exciting. And I just, it was amazed to be so excited by it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think I, like, um, cause like, I don't want to put any kind of words in your mouth or whatever, but you know, like I was saying with my experience of listening to it, and I think kind of, yeah, why it blew my mind was you are kind of expecting one thing and it just 
turn that on its head. And in such a way that it was like, oh, by the way, like a band that, you know, they always had something to say, but like they were doing it in a fun kind of goofy way. And then they were like, nah, now we're serious as a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. And I took and the it very seriously. The music was also something that really like got to me too, because it was like, it's really technical the way they play and the way they construct the music. And for like a band to still be considered a punk band, even though they don't call themselves that and be able to like be musical, that musical. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you bring that up, um, I was going to say like, uh, do you, do you consider this punk rock? For me, punk rock is a pretty big umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, like it's got all that attitude. It's got all that doing what they want to do and putting it out there as loud as you can. And like, yeah, I consider it punk rock. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I'm like they're progressive thrash. Well, yeah, right. Well, but they've called themselves progressive thrash no matter what they've sounded like. Yeah. Apparently, when they got together, like one of the first things they responded to a a a flyer. I I think because it was okay. The who are the two? The two founding members are, uh, 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 Todd and Jay and uh, J Rod, right? They never fucking give their real names. Chris, Chris and Todd. That's what it is. Chris and, Chris Todd. and Todd. Right, and J Rod was the I drummer. So. <laughs> I, I can like, never I like remember. You it. guys, uh, I like that you guys are both rifling. Well, the drummer now is the original. Out. Is the original member. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, they, they never put their real names on their albums. I, the only uh, member that I always remember his name, like, because like on one album he's like he's like Christ T whatever, <laughs> is uh, John yeah, K. Right. Sampson, and that's not his real name either. But that's just because he's stuck with that ever since he started the weaker thins, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> right. But yeah, where they responded to a flyer that was like, you know, starting a band progressive thrash. And they just were like, they thought the idea of progressive thrash was hilarious. So they've just stuck with the idea of progressive thrash. <laughs> but I th- yeah. think by now they've kind of invented progressive thrash, you know, right. like <laughs> they grew into it. Yeah. Kind of in spite of themselves in a way, you know, like maybe they were playing pretty much straight up skate punk for at least the first couple of records. But by this album, like, I think it's fair to call this progressive thrash, right? Like it's, Oh yeah. It's, it's progressive musically. It's definitely very thrashy, but it's also progressive ideologically, (laughs) you know, like there's a lot going on there. So oh, there we, I Googled their names. There we go. It's Chris Hanna and George Samaleski. And they've been doing it since 1986. Yeah. 1986. I knew that. Um, yeah. In Portage La Prairie is where they started. Right? Yeah. Winnipeg <laughs> is where they call home base now. Like, and they've stuck it out, man. Like they, they still hang out making no money playing <laughs> punk rock in the prairies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, like there's, they, if, if anything, the their lifestyle and the way they approach music is very punk rock. If you want to consider punk rock to be less of about a musical genre and more of kind of an attitude or, you know, that sort of thing, you know, I would say for sure, right? Like, yeah, he definitely exemplifies the do it your way, think for yourself kind of attitude. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. Um, yeah, like, okay, so because... Naomi was saying earlier that she just doesn't get punk rock. Fuck! 
<laughs> and she's cringing right now because I just threw her on the spot. I'm all embarrassed and shit. Yeah. 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 I, I, I never have. I just, it's never been something that appealed to me. But like, okay. So like you're talking to Biff Naked the other day. Yeah. And would you consider like Biff Naked to have been punk rock or no? Pop punk. I think she was probably more punk earlier, but I also don't know everything about her discography either. But I, a lot of her songs are just like, I think are very like pop melodic melody wise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know what people consider like real hardcore punk, authentic punk. It's just not something that appeals to me. Well, that's just it, though, is like what's authentic, you know, um, like who started it? That whole debate that can go on and on and on. I'm knowledgeable enough in the subject to not sound like I have like like I'll sound like a complete idiot if I try to describe what I think punk would be. Well, OK. I mean, you can definitely break it down genre wise, mm-hmm. but th- th- that that's kind of missing the point of like, you know, like the original like idea of what punk rock is or was. Like, you I know, don't think of Green Day or Blink-182 as actual, like, punk. I believe they're, there's punk influence in their music, but I feel they're more like pop rock bands. I know. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you ask those guys, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially, like, when they were starting out, mm. they would have probably told you they were punk as fuck, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's such a nebulous thing. I mean, genres are mm-hmm. as it goes, but... It's like, you know, the Ramones, you know, if, if you're going to call them kind of the granddaddies of that, the whole idea of, of, of punk rock, mm-hmm. you know, but they were also at the time, their, uh, their, like, what do you call it? Like their class of their generation of right. punk rock also included the Talking Heads and Blondie, you know, yeah. and television. television. Which would surprise me <laughs> when you say uh, Blondie. Yeah. Yeah, these were bands that were considered punk, and it was only when hardcore bands in the '80s took the punk moniker with them into faster, harder, thrashier sounds, which was more akin to the Ramones than it was to Blondie or the Television or the Talking or, or you know, whatever. Um, that that's became that's where that idea of like, okay, it's fast, it's power chords, you know, yeah. it's screamy vocals. That's where that got solidified, right? But, you know, it, it, you can look in the germination of punk rock. Like, there was a there was a, 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 a zine that came out from New York called Punk that was kind of a lot of the catalyst for a lot of, like, what bands were considered punk, what's considered punk. And they would put Aerosmith on the cover of the goddamn magazine. Oh, weird. Wow. Yeah, really weird now, what, looking what back. Year? What, what years were that? Like what? Well, it'd be like 77, like right? 70s. Talking late 70s. Six, probably 77. Yeah. Yeah. Mid, mid late 70s. Yeah. yeah. So there was a period of time where people were trying to figure out <laughs> and they were like, well, we've got a very small scene here. We need more. It's kind of like, you know, what happening with grunge in Seattle. Now I would say that that was more commercial right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But look at how many bands just got called like grunge or whatever. You know, just to like throw that label on them so we can get them on the radio and make them like millions of bucks right now, right? You yeah, know? I, I, I find that interesting because I guess for me, my introduction introduction to punk was like uh, the Dead Kennedys and the Misfits and like the Sex Pistols, which are also all late seventies and nowhere near Aerosmith. 
know? Yeah, I just use that as a, as a as a funny example. No, but that's but, it's, it, that's an interesting example that they were that they were throwing around the label for like bands like that as well. Yeah, man. Well, they were just trying to be punk. Yeah, <laughs> they were trying to figure out what it was, right? Because well, it's cool. Yeah, we need more bands. They need to recruit. They're like Aerosmith. They're they they're kind of punk, right? Like, mm-hmm. on in hindsight, no, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just the amount of drugs they did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and then you have like the British, like kids come over a year or two later, and like they're all snotty as hell, and they're doing more drugs than a, your average funk band, and See, you know. I really tend to, in my head, associate England with punk more so than america they actually were doing more of the punk thing like in 76 when in the u.s it was that art school kind of like ooh, what is punk like and in england they already kind of were establishing a lot of like what we see the genre as at that mm. time yeah like the fashion like the sex pistols get all the credit because they were the first ones to break big but there was like right. way more other bands that released their albums in 1976 like the damned and like bands like that that were mm. super punk <laughs> they had the leather jackets and the grungy guitars and yeah that's the thing when you think fashion punk fashion you're thinking the yeah. uk totally oh, for yeah. sure that's where like the look of it really came from mm-hmm. See, a lot of my they were coloring their hair and spiking it up and all that a lot of my friends at the same age you guys were i think we were just a year or two ahead of you when they were all we were all at vic there and was was bands like no effects and Daglo abortions and stuff all my friends were into those bands are those considered punk yeah definitely yeah they were for sure for sure yeah a lot of Um, my friends were into them yeah no effects is kind of a funny one too right because it's sort of a generational thing i remember going to hall shows young like high school age and you would see like a dude with a crass patch and a no effects patch Oh, you yeah, know totally. but like a couple of years later like there's you know, like you know that would be like an older guy at the show you'd be like that guy's in his 20s like yeah. <laughs> you'd be like whoa there's an adult here <laughs> <laughs> you know but then our generation we had no effects cds but then we go to the hall show and we pretend we didn't we don't listen to no effects what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> you know we were like the exploited patch and the crass patches but what no effects. Yeah, no, those guys are totally lame. They're like on MTV and stuff. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, everybody was trying to flex like how cool they could be with obscure music knowledge. Or Yeah, exactly. And it was... And then you find out 20 years later, they're like, yeah, we were just listening to no effects at home all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look, man, like, no shame. Funny, like I recently reunited with uh, Steve, who was in the Dirtbags at the time, right? They were considered one of the like most hardcore punk punk bands at the time. And like now they started a cover band and they're playing nothing but like no effects and pop punk, like epitaph record songs, you know, <laughs> like that's hey, what we really <laughs> Hey man, I went down a little like nostalgia and I uh, was beefing up my record collection a little while ago and I came across a good deal on a couple of uh, no effects records. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, man. Punk and Drublick and, uh, and so long. Thanks for all the shoes. I fucking love those albums. <laughs> those are high school classics. High school classics. Yeah, no shame, man. I'm like, those will gl- I'll oh. gladly get those in my uh, in the vinyl pile there, man. They, and they're, uh, guess what? They're on regular rotation now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Along with this one, man. Along with uh, Today's Empire. It's like there's, there's room for all of it. And uh, obviously, these guys were willing to work with Fat Mike and, and Fat Records. So they might have talked some shit behind the scenes or whatever. But I think really at the end of the day, you know, as political as these guys can be, they're also like human beings who want their music heard. 
<laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, like be, because this was such a drastic change in direction for these guys, uh, musically, did it like turn you on to any other kinds of music that maybe you weren't listening to at the time? Um, I don't know about, well, maybe kind of related to this album because I liked that, like, you know, that Winnipeg sound that they have. <laughs> you know what from? I mean? Where are they from? I mean, they're from Manitoba, like okay. the greater Winnipeg area. They're like Portage Prairie is where they came from. And then yeah, they moved kind of close to Winnipeg. To find... And then they were in Winnipeg. Oh. That's but where you like, expect to find all your punk rockers. Is At the, the time, the like prairie. all the bands from there at that time, like we're all punk bands <laughs> from here sounded like hardcore and punk from there. It sounded kind of math rocky and it had little like different melodic elements. It didn't sound like, you know, typically what I would consider a punk band. Mm. So I kind of like check that out because I liked, they would throw in weird, like jazz chords. And, like... <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would say if anything, because of them always using the label thrash and then, and then kind of referencing, um, like, uh, like bands like Judas Priest. Mm-hmm. I think, do we get a pause there? Yeah. Bit smooth out. <laughs> I think we're all back. We're good. Internet. Um, yeah, it's a joy. Um, referencing bands like Judas Priest, you know, like there's that like you got another thing another coming thing reference coming. right in the middle of the yeah, album that's what, there. Like, but you got another thing coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was uh that the like stuff like that made me go like oh well okay if these guys like Judas Priest, <laughs> you know, and like, like, like British <laughs> new wave metal, mm-hmm. like, I guess it is okay to like Iron Maiden, <laughs> you know, like at that time where we're all trying to outpunk each other and like make our references and not, you know, pretend no effects isn't cool. You and then you're into other things, but then you go like, wait a second. Like you said earlier, the punkest album that like at that point that I've ever heard, and these guys are like obviously fans of like Judas Priest, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You know what? Maybe it's, yeah, maybe, maybe I should uh, be listening, you know, not to just like the most DIY, like, like fucking seven inch released on cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe there is a place for like really well put together, you know, uh, like songs with parts and riffs, <laughs> you know, like maybe not some just harmon- maybe some harmonies. Yeah. Major. I need some harmonies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, see Naomi, they can do harmonies. Now I'm impressed. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you like that? You like that? Here's a, she don't eat. You know, they could go all day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, like, anyway, so, so, uh, I don't know. I, 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 like, I could go on and on about this album. Um, And I've heard it before. 
I know. That's the thing is, okay. So <laughs> I've heard you go on and on about it. So Charlie, <laughs> let me turn it to you for a second because you know for sure that like we've played in the band a lot yeah, man. and in the van a lot. This, this album has gotten played a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have a, any kind of similar experience with this or was it until I was like, by the way, you know what? I'll tell you guys ever. I, it's not my thing, you know, off the top. There's a couple of songs that I dig off of it, but uh, just the style and the sound doesn't really do it for me. You know, um, I think I appreciate it more today after going through and like doing a bit more of a deep dive and reading a bunch of stuff about it and reading all the lyrics. And, you know, I think that was cool and that was really important, but generally, like I said, I'm I'm more for like the the Dead Kennedys, uh, Misfits kind of vibe for for my punk, you know, stuff like that. So the, the Dead whole... Kennedys was my other favorite band at the time. Mm, totally. Well, this album still straight is. up references the Dead Kennedys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lyrics in Back to the Motor League that are, but what have we here? Fifteen years later, it still reeks of swill and chicken shit conformists. That's directly referencing two Dead Kennedy songs mm-hmm. that came out. 15 years roughly before <laughs> this album. And I, this is how clever the, some of the lyric writing is in this. I love this, man. Like father, like son, rebels bloated on corn, M&Ms, and biscuits. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> but see, but I, I didn't catch, it. I didn't catch that until I read through the lyrics, and then like then I caught it, right? So. Yeah, but um, man, this I think part of the, the, the thing that out, um, appealed to me about this album at the time is it was also exactly where I was kind of at, like hearing a line like that. And not really like I what I didn't like corn man I didn't like Eminem I didn't like Limp Biscuit, mm-hmm. you know, and I hated all the macho posturing that came along with those bands. And then these guys called it out right here, and they did it so fucking clever in their lyrics, where they're like, "By the way, bloated," you know, referring to like, "By the have you noticed they're all named after food?" <laughs> 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 I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." Anyway, like. Uh, oh, so yeah man. no i've definitely heard it a bunch and I, I like you know there's there's some stuff that i really like off of it like uh i'd say uh you know back to the motor, motor league is probably you know that's a track that i would hear in in decent rotation or throw on a mix cd or something like that especially like stock personnel front checkouts front checkouts <laughs> <stock> personnel you know <laughs> stuff like that I see. I, I guess I just I just kind of air to more towards uh, more towards the goofy or kind of funny, you know, more fun. Like, no, it doesn't need to be just always funny, but the stuff that also doesn't take itself too seriously. I think. Well, a couple of years later, when we were hanging out, I do remember, and it, it probably had already come out by this point, but you were a big fan of No Effects's "Pump Up the Volume." Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and that's got songs about how like clams don't have feelings. And... <laughs> How Monday is my favorite time. Of oh, I year. fucking love that album. The most political I think that album gets is when they talk about the record industry. They have a song called "Dinosaurs Will Die." Yeah, but then again, that's another that's another one of those albums. Uh, you know, tons of uh, tons of harmonies. She's one of them. Vega. She's a <laughs> Maybe it's something about all the harmonies that this just pull me in. Yeah, this album's definitely missing harmonies, but um, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay by me. I the passion in the voice is like what grabs what grabs me. I mean, man, like here's the thing. Like, I don't remember. I mean, maybe if I had gone to take like um, uh, political sciences or something, but I didn't know what Cointel Pro was. 
Oh, no. Actually, that song taught me. I had to look it up because I'm like, what the fuck is CoIntelPro? Yeah. Yeah. And the then I read about Cointel it, Pro? and I'm like, that's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? <laughs> you could go to the back of the book and yeah, right here, bullshit detectors analog, the CoIntelPro papers, documents from the FBI secret war against dissent in the United States. Oh, and then you find out it's all about them trying to suppress the Black Panthers. and like <laughs> Any and political... The- movement that challenges the establishment <laughs> yeah, and then you go back and you listen to the lyrics again and you're like oh holy shit and that's what i'm talking about like this is one of those albums where i'm like this was why like th- this is probably that last like flash in the pan of album rock that before you know like napster was already around i was already downloading mp3s but like it got really streamlined in the years following this Right. Where all of a sudden it was just about little disposable, like little like, just let me get that track. Let me get that track, you know? And I mean, it was fun making mix CDs and stuff like that and finding music that way. But the art of like sitting down and listening to an album and like really getting invested into it, you know, that engaged listening. Like this is probably one of the last ones for me, hmm. you know, until more recently when I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when you used to just like get an album and really get to know it front to back and read all the lyrics and totally. that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mikey. Yeah. Uh, so you've been making music this whole time. Would you say that this like uh, influenced your songwriting at all time at all? Uh, probably like in an indirect way. Yeah. Definitely. Like I said, like there was like a lot of like guitar things that I was like, learning and copying you know a lot of palm muting the fast right hand <laughs> stuff yeah <laughs> but like but like that only applied in a really limited scope of things with bands i've been in so that kind of like went out the window pretty quick because i mean wasn't doing a lot of that in the b movies right yeah that's right <laughs> by the way uh i guess we should mention that shout uh, out not to only... the b movies so we we played music on and off in a couple of different bands, and uh, the last one would have been the B movies. You came in, uh, you, you, you like you were kind of cutting your teeth recording, and had been recording like our demos and stuff. And then we had a member quit, and you, because you had been kind of coaching him through all his guitar parts, you knew them already. Yeah. <laughs> you swooped in, yeah. and we were like, "Hey, man, uh, want to come play all those songs that uh, you kind of learned how to play?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. We had some good shows. I had a lot of fun. Playing in punk rock dives and oh, one of these days we'll still do a we'll still get back to that, right? That one's still on yeah. the on the side. I finally I actually found the recording masters because I was having some trouble finding them, to be honest. Oh and I accidentally <laughs> found them in a box. I was like, holy shit. Nice. I, I at least have the EP. I don't know if I have the earlier ones, but there was a bunch of stuff that had B movies scrolled well, on it. Anything so. you don't have, I probably have. <laughs> so Let's let's uh yeah we'll we'll get it out to the world. The thing is, I have to remember how to play those fucking songs. <laughs> hey man, you know when the last time I played drums was? Uh, Way back I, yeah. then. Uh, fuck man. Um, every once in a while, I got to come back to the question. It did influence my songwriting. I mean, I can still play today's empires, tomorrow's ashes, front to back, and sing it. And, and their music still inspires me musically all over the place. So crazy riffs and. Yeah, like just even sitting down and learning how to play songs is kind of like you're going to take whatever you learn and apply that at some point, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, even <laughs> it's if you're not. funny. These guys release full notation books for their albums now. Like, this album included, they have 
full musical notation and tab versions of them. Wow. Really? Actually published by a sheet music publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know, man. Like, uh, what, do you guys have anything else you want to want to add about? Uh, I mean, about I've the got album? I've got one more thing. If not, just to be a completionist, but. Uh... And that's all right <laughs> <laughs> that so does go that. on for a while that's not from today's empires that is no. from how to clean everything but just to show you where they came from <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like i don't know i'm like okay so naomi i know this isn't your genre at all right right but uh what was what was your experience well, I would say that this is the least uh, productive I've ever been in being a help on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to bring to the table for this conversation. And I, yeah. Well, I, I can't was, believe. I was able to listen to a few, uh, like uh, two or three songs. That was about it today. That's all you got. Uh, See, that's no, all I, I have a question though. Like, because some of the music you do listen to is heavy and thrashy and hard. Yeah. I would say the only difference is nobody was doing pretty harmonies melody is a big deal to me huge deal to me there's melody all over this album it's just not in the vocals yeah so i don't i don't know those bass lines (laughs) yeah exactly i'm I'm like a harmony hound for vocals and all those things and i really yeah i dropped the ball so no no it's okay you didn't drop the ball it's really not there on this so yeah i'm sorry for you (laughs) (laughs) well you know you don't have to be sorry i just it's just so funny because um uh it's like i'm listening to it and i'm like okay i know naomi's gonna be like i don't know like screamy vocals or whatever but then i'm like listening to the music and i'm like we listen to extremes three sides to every story and like i'm a warhead could be kind of one of these songs yeah i guess i don't know I, i figure like the chord structure and all that the chord progressions are totally different Oh yeah, t- they are different, but I'm saying yeah. like it's not like they're not um like like this is a musically very tight band, right? Like the musicality yeah. is there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the difference is, is these guys are referencing Judas Priest and Extreme is referencing Jimi Hendrix. Mm. Right? Like but yeah. yeah, I'm like but otherwise it's still like there's, you know, there's still thrashy big, you know, like, you know, power core like like yeah, it, it, they're playing metal, but extreme. You know, they're just a little. They're prettier. <laughs> and I mean, the vocals and all uh, for what they are. I mean, could be could be worse, right? And it could be like, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I would say Wesley Willis was punk as fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but I gotta. If you ever do get curious enough that you venture to their earlier albums, I, I'll bet you'll be blown away by the progression of the vocals. Yeah. Like yeah. these vocals are a hell of a lot tighter than the earlier vocals. Okay. Like the earlier I don't, vocals. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's uh, pushing her in that direction to go check it out though, bud. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying if you ever have that point of reference, you're going to be like, mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. This is like leaps and bounds, you know, um, so I okay at the, this point usually I go around and like ask everybody uh you know on this uh listen if it held up or not uh so I'm pretty sure I have Naomi's answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just out to lunch on that. I guess I should actually listen to it. Eh. Like properly. 
Yeah. yeah you, don't, you don't have to. If it didn't grab you, it didn't grab you. Um, like Charlie, though, uh, you know, he's, he's saying it, it's not it's not necessarily your cup of tea. It's it's not my favorite punk rock sound, but I will give it that I did listen to like I listened to the whole thing and I went through and I made a point of reading all the lyrics and everything. And um, I really liked breaking it down song by song and reading the lyrics because it gave me like when it, the first couple of times, unless I really get into an album, I don't generally listen, like really take take all the lyrics in like that when, you know, when I'm just listening to stuff recreationally. Um, so I would have, I definitely missed a whole bunch of what they were talking about. For me, largely albums hit me with the musicality first and all that kind of thing, which was fun. Uh, you know, there's, there's some good stuff on here. And like I said, I definitely love Back to the Motor League. Uh, and I think another one was like, Ordinary People Do Fucked Up Things When Fucked Up Things Become Ordinary, which is also yeah. a killer title. And actually, yeah. that's funny because that one really made me think about like, nowadays right because what's more nowadays than ordinary people doing fucked up things when fucked up things are now ordinary so yeah. that actually made me think make make a lot more connections even though this was this was put out in like i think the the year that like bush took over the presidency and stuff like that right in 2000 yeah it's crazy to, to put it in context i made a note about this too uh, that this is not only is it pre 911 but it, it was they started recording it in 2000 Mm. And uh, not only was it relevant by the time it came out, but it, it's almost just as irrelevant, if not more relevant. <laughs> totally, and that that actually really hit me when I noticed, you know, when they when they mentioned Bush at one point, and I was like, oh yeah, that was like a long time ago now, <laughs> and this is still completely relevant. So that's wow. that's interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the social issues that they're fighting for are, you know, like even if the circumstances have changed about some of them, like the. The stuff they're talking about, and like, and I'll I'll say like I don't one hundred percent agree with all of their politics all of the time, sure. you know, like, but I'll always listen to anything they have to say <laughs> because obviously they're not, a very passionate about it. B they're not like just fucking talking out of their ass. They back everything up. Every song has references that they're like, this is what we're talking about. This is what we know about it. This is what you can go find out about it. You know, yeah. like I'm that'll I give that props to the end of the day um yeah I mean, so i mean i guess that means like so I, i'm not I'm maybe i'm not throwing it on on the on spotify or whatever on a on a, a weekly basis but i definitely appreciate it for the listen this time through for sure so well i'll tell you that uh i listened through two times today i've listened to it a bunch but like two times specifically today where i've got a newborn in the house and i'm like all right well you know what i'm throwing the propaganda record on and I'm cranking it up. Bo started up in his fist. He fell asleep both times. <laughs> I'm right out. I was like, oh shit. Okay. That's a secret. Now I know. <laughs> I gotta, I, so next time I'm like, he's fussy and I'm like, okay, come on, get to sleep kid. Throwing the propaganda. On. <laughs> How's Amy feel about that? Uh, I probably okay. You know, like mom gets a break and, uh, Whatever makes him sleep, man. The baby's sleeping, mom's happy. Yeah, we can, like, we'll fall asleep with propaganda on now. Like, (laughs) that's just how it'll go down. Uh, I fall asleep while mixing really loud hardcore shows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, Well, let's give it to the guest uh, to have the final final word. Uh, Mikey, do you think it holds up? Oh, it totally holds up. 
I mean, I don't listen to it too much anymore because I it was such a heavy listen for me. And like I said, they have a whole bunch of material that came after this that's so great that I'm still all about listening to. And they did add more vocal harmonies as they went on. Some of the new <laughs> tracks have some vocal harmonies there. Oh, maybe I got to get back into it then. <laughs> They've added members to the band. There's a there's a fourth member of the band now. Yeah, they had a thing over the internet looking for a new guitarist, and they uh, picked a girl from Florida who seemed to fit right in there. And no, she moved just, out to yeah. To did she move to the to Winnipeg? <laughs> I don't know the logistics of that, but I mean, she's appeared in their jam videos, and she's a member of the band, so probably. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's punk as fuck, man. Going like, <laughs> fuck Florida. Get a Florida I'm live in, in there. Winnipeg. <laughs> Although, would you really want to live in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, weather-wise, yes. Maybe weather-wise, uh, okay, the weather wins. But yeah. other than that, yeah, maybe, maybe the band flies down there for uh, for winters or something now, just to go <laughs> jam at her place. Yeah. Do you think that they're like, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, oh God, when people fly south for the winter, snowbird, snowbird. Do you think they propaganda is snowbirding it up in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> they're just sending tweets, being like, yeah. Don't worry, guys. We're still <laughs> hardcore Canadians, prairie punks. <laughs> um, right on, man. Okay, well, I hate to wrap it up, but I got to do that. Uh, is there anywhere that uh, people can go to hear your music or check out what you're doing that you want to plug? Oh, yeah. On Bandcamp, look up Mongo Doom, Kruvy Rookers, Rhubarbs. Uh on Facebook, you can find Mikey D Sound Machine and Instagram. I'm on there. Cool, those man. Right now, yeah. Right on, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen some of those albums out in the local record stores too. So mm-hmm. go grab yourself a copy. Get the real deal, man. Get the vinyl and uh, throw it on your turntable and do the same thing we're talking about. Like, you know, fucking, I don't know. Look at the artwork. Look, read yeah. the lyrics. Like all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's a it's a dying dead art form and we're trying to bring it back god damn it (laughs) Uh, you can always catch us on Patreon of course Patreon dot com slash learning to listen like I said earlier that's where you get all the bonus stuff plus we put episodes out early so you know you can be in on that you can find out what we're talking about uh, and then you know have that smug self satisfaction that you found out before anybody else did uh all the no, social no medias, yeah. we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, that's L2L pod. Uh, you know, Facebook, that exists too. That's a thing, I guess. <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. Scroll past your racist aunt and, uh, you know, follow <laughs> us there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, slowly but surely I'm putting stuff up on YouTube. So uh, if you do find us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and like. That helps a lot. But, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, you know, if uh, you want to reach out and talk to us, send us some hate mail. We love that. Yeah. We, we got some hate mail. That's how we know that we're we're uh, we're getting out there. People are listening. Uh, you can send your hate mail too. <laughs> you can send <laughs> nice mail too. It doesn't have to be hate mail. Uh, All mail. Send that fun. to learning to listen podcast at gmail dot com. Or if you want, you can uh, you know send us the dulcet tones of your beautiful voice uh, by. Leaving us a message. I believe we've got a phone number. Naomi, what's that number? You really threw me on the spot there. Uh, <laughs> I love throwing you on the spot. I didn't have that pulled up. I mean, I could just say it. Say but... it. Fuck! 
All right. You don't have it written down yet. You're off the hook. It's 780-851-8785. Go ahead and call us. You know, we're like Delido, but we don't bring you uh, Chinese food. We just bring you entertainment, you know. But hey, you want to hear your own voice on a podcast? You know, it's like you can be like, hey, mom, look, that's me. Look, somebody do it so we know it works, all right? Just yeah. somebody yeah. leave Just us leave a message. Just leave a damn message already. Come on. I know. Why is everybody so shy? Um, all right, man. But that's it. That's the episode. So thank you very much for listening. Mikey, thank you very much for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. The last thing we do is uh, before we go, we get the guest to give us a big rap, rap, wrap it up. And all that means is we just have to say the word rap, rap, wrap it up. <laughs> rap, rap, wrap it up. The 1990s. The music was fun. And then it got really dark for a while, a little bit anti-establishment. But the next thing you knew, it was totally fun again. So many artists came and went and left us wondering, what are they doing now? This podcast isn't about the heavy hitters who are still making millions. It's about everyone else, the ones whose careers didn't really leave that decade and kind of just still live in our memory. So you mean Vanilla Ice had another song? We all know what happened to Marky Mark. But what about the Funky Bunch? Who were the KLF? And why did Tammy Wynette record a song with an electro dance band that topped the charts? Two genres that specifically defined the 90s. What were freestyle and new jack swing all about? Did you know that Blossom star Joey Lawrence had a huge pop hit? Or that Alanis Morissette had a really hot pop career in Canada before Jagged Little Pill? Special guests will also be joining me to discuss the great era of glitter, grunge, thin eyebrows, hammer pants, and total ridiculousness. We're even setting up some interviews with some of the musicians that define the times. Okay, so if you're older than 30, you might be sitting here going, Man, I totally remember that song, but I have no idea who does that. Well then, you better listen and find out. I'm Naomi Carmack host of the ultimate 90s podcast Dope Nostalgia you're going to be busting a move again coming in early 2020 you want to follow us so that you know when we go live check out our twitter at Nostalgia Dope or you can find us on instagram at dope underscore nostalgia if you've got a question or you just want to be on the show email us at dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com